to the Scratch My Brain Podcast, brought to you by ScratchMyBrain.com. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Scratch My Brain Podcast number six. I'm your host, Jeff Albert, and uh, thanks for listening. It's been a while since the last one. Things have been a bit busy. Uh, It's been a week up in Chicago. Uh, doing a project with a group called the Lucky Sevens. That was a total blast, and uh, I'll talk about that some more later. And uh, and have other things going on, you know, baby in the house and all that kind of fun stuff that's uh, kept me from doing this, but, um, but here we are. So this is number six. I think the theme of today's show is going to be uh, free music. And I won't make the joke about that's what we got paid. Um, but that does kind of get me to, to talking about definitions because free music really isn't the best way to describe some of this stuff, but I'm not really sure what else to call it. We, uh, you know, we, we tend to try to define things in terms of, of sometimes how they're created or uh, sometimes define things in terms of, of who listens to it. Well, I say things, define music. In terms of who the audience is, you know, going back to the early middle 20th century, um, there was a style of music called race records, you know, and they called them that because it's the music that the black people listened to. Little did they know that some white people were listening to it too. That's how we got rock and roll. But, uh, you know, so we have this, this free jazz, um, term that, well, I, you know, is it really free? Like, can you can you go into a a session for a a well known free jazz label and and play Stardust? Probably not. And so then it's not really free. Um, which gets into you know improvised music. Well, there's lots of improvised music that's not jazz. And uh, and lots of portions of jazz aren't improvised you know there's a a heavy compositional component so there's uh there was a post today march 17th on the website scratch my brain uh, that referenced an article by joel harrison in the context of the article was he uh attended a chamber music america conference and there was a big discussion about does the cma need to be funding jazz and uh and he had a great line in the article. He says, rigid stylistic fault lines are the refuge of scoundrels. That's just a great line. That's that's beautiful wordsmithing there. Is wordsmithing a word? A real wordsmith might not say wordsmithing. Anyway, um, so I don't really know how to define this music that I'm going to play today. 
but if we define it in terms of, of how it was created, uh, this stuff was, was improvised or spontaneously composed. Um, the first thing that I'm going to play is a track off of an album called Finger to the Universe. Uh, but it's not that finger, apparently. So they tell me. This is by uh, Brian Seeger, Ed Peterson, and Jason Marsalis. The album's on the Lakefront Digital label. Uh, so you can check it out at lakefrontdigital.com. You can order it there and listen to some clips. I think Amazon might have some copies of it, too. Um, anyway, this this first piece is called Tangential Suite. And it's about six minutes long, and it goes to lots of different places. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Tangential Sweet from the album Finger to the Universe by Seeger, Peterson, and Marsalis. That's uh, Brian Seeger on guitar, Ed Peterson on saxophone, and Jason Marsalis on the drums. That CD is available on Lakefront Digital. Check that out at lakefrontdigital.com. So as I mentioned earlier, I spent a little over a week in Chicago at the end of February and the beginning of March. Uh, the focus of the trip was to perform with a group called the Lucky Sevens, uh, which is a band that Jeb Bishop and I put together, uh, featuring some Chicago musicians with some guys from New Orleans. Uh, I'm the only guy that's actually still in New Orleans. Uh, but Quinn Kirchner and Matt Golombiski the drummer and bass player in the group, uh, were both in New Orleans before Hurricane Katrina and ended up in Chicago in the great New Orleans musician diaspora. So we got together for a week and played, and it was a, a total, totally beautiful scene. Uh, there's such a great bunch of musicians up there in Chicago, and the attitude of the scene is is just so wonderful. Never once did I hear anyone ask how much money we were making or how long the rehearsal was going to last. Um, it's a very music-driven attitude there. Um, which isn't to say that the guys are bad businessmen. They're not. You know, they get paid when they can, but they understand that there's situations where, you know, you, it's got to be about the music. And if you get all wound up thinking about the financial scene, well, then the music won't get made. Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I was listening to Soundcheck the WNYC show, and they were talking about the salaries of composers and, or not composers, of conductors and soloists and arts organizations executives. And the point was brought up uh, about classical soloists being very expensive. You know that you might spend over $100,000 to do one concert with a famous violinist or pianist, you know, whatever, classical soloist with your orchestra. And the question was posed, well, how do you make that money back? You can't sell enough tickets to to make that amount of money, you know. So what what happens if you bring in this world-class soloist and they give a world-class performance and it's it's really wonderful and moving and then you take a bath on the concert financially? And the answer was, well, that's art, <laughs> which I found sort of amusing um, because that's been a lot of my experience with it. But it's worth it, and uh, and I'm glad we do it. And that was one of the beauties of, of getting to play with these this bunch of guys in Chicago. Is it was about the music, and it was about the art. And, uh, and we had all just sort of on our own decided that we'll do what we need to do to make the rest of our lives work so that we can, uh, we can be available to make the art and to do the artistic things that we want to do. And it was a... a beautiful, wonderful experience. Hopefully I'll have some of that music on a future podcast for you from the Lucky Sevens. What I am going to play for you now, and uh, I think this is going to close out the podcast because this piece is pretty long, is uh, an improvisation from a gig we did on Monday night, the 28th of February at a club called Sylvie's. And this is uh, Jeb Bishop on trombone and myself on trombone and tuba, and Jim Baker on ARP, which is an old analog synthesizer that's very cool sounding, and Mike Reed on percussion. 
and this was totally improvised. We uh, hadn't discussed the music at all before we started playing. Um, and this is about a 22-minute chunk of music. So uh, I'm going to let this play, and, and that, that will be the end of the podcast when the music's over. Um, but if you would like to get in touch with me for whatever reason, you can email me, jeff at scratchmybrain.com, or go to the website, http colon slash slash scratchmybrain.com, and uh, feel free to use the comment section and read the articles and do all those other things. Um, thanks for listening. Hopefully it won't be so long before the next podcast. And I'm going to leave you with, again, this is about 22 minutes worth of music. I hope you enjoyed this. It's all totally improvised from Jeb Bishop, Jeff Albert, Jim Baker, and Mike Reed.
Thank you for listening to the podcast of Scratch My Brain. Please visit us on the web at scratchmybrain.com. And as Father Valente would say, only listen to good music. Thank you.